you very much. Um, it is, for me, always extremely difficult to speak critically about uh, my own nation and my own country abroad, especially when the topic um, concerns such a complex and controversial issue as Polish anti-Semitism. And my personal strategy is, uh, in such situations, um, to criticize strongly or even cruelly while talking to the Polish audience and to concentrate on bright sides um, of the situation when addressing foreign listeners. But today I will try to combine those two, two approaches. But let me start with a brief general comment concerning anti-Semitism in Poland today which is usually, and in my opinion, wrongly perceived as an extremely intense phenomenon. It is true that anti-Semitic attitudes are deeply rooted in Polish nationalistic and Catholic tradition, and that anti-Semitic sentiments come, up, come out on uh, many occasions. It is also true uh, that the history of my country and my nation is plagued and is dishonored by acts of, uh, as Martin Krieger puts it, um, blackmail, extortion, denunciation, betrayal, and plunder of the living and the dead carried out by Poles against Jews in many places um, in Poland during Second World War and directly after its end. But, but the Poles, and especially the Poles of my generation, have made an enormous effort in overcoming this hatred and prejudice. At the same time, Poland is almost completely free of anti-Israeli and uh, anti-Zionist attitudes or BDS movement, uh, what should clearly be credited foremost to the absence of Arab minority in Poland, but which must also be considered in the context of exemplary Polish-Israeli um, political foreign relations. But as we say in Poland, if it is so good, then why it is so bad? Um, those of us who are actively engaged in fighting anti-Semitism undoubtedly have a lot to do. Um, the Open Republic Association Against Anti-Semitism and Xenophobia, uh, which I had an honor of being a vice president of and um, now being a uh, legal advisor to, is a leading and one of the oldest Polish uh, non-governmental organizations. It was founded by some um, of the most distinguished Polish intellectuals and public figures, and its mission is to make Polish society more sensitive to the evil and hatred caused by anti-Semitism and intolerance. And the association was established in 1999, and initially its activities concentrated on writing letters of protest, initiating or signing petitions against anti-Semitic or racist events, meeting representatives of local governments and administration in order to provoke their reaction to alarming signals concerning manifestations of racism and anti-Semitism. At the same time, Open Republic Association was confronted with the very troublesome attitude of many officials and representatives of judiciary and police who manifested in their official correspondence and public statements open hostility, discrimination and prejudice towards different minority groups. And even more alarming was the fact that some of such statements appeared in prosecutors' decisions and judges' rulings, uh, on most occasions dismissing any charges against anti-Semites or racists. And thus the Open Republic decided to launch its legal uh, projects called uh, Law Against Hatred and Society Hatred. And the main um, purpose of those projects was 
to launch a campaign which aimed at informing Poles who oppose anti-Semitism and racism about how to successfully report to the police and prosecutor's office on hate speech and hate crimes. And very soon we, as an association, were confronted with some troubling cases. But let me say a few words about legal provisions in Poland, about the provisions of criminal code, because they differ so much from the provisions binding here in the US. Um, the Polish criminal code, similarly to criminal codes uh, in other European countries, prohibits incitement to racial hatred and public insult due to race, national, ethnic, or religious origin, as well as public advocacy of national socialist and fascist system. Those who oppose the criminalization of words, um, including racist and xenophobic words, will most probably not approve of the situation it, in which uh, it is possible to obtain a three-year jail sentence for shouting anti-Semitic remarks. But the European system of human rights protection, to which Poland belongs, founded on the ruins of Europe, devastated by totalitarian regimes, applies legal measures for counteracting anti-Semitism and racism in a way which limits freedom of speech. Now, Białystok and Wrocław are big Polish cities uh, where anti-Semitism and racism and the activities of extreme right-wing organizations are more visible than elsewhere in Poland. In those cities in the last few years, some very frightening decisions have been taken by local prosecutors and judges. In the case of Wrocław, a judge has found unguilty a group of activists of the National Rebirth of Poland, which is an extreme right organization, um, for their um, anti-Semitic and racist uh, slogans and shouts during public demonstration. Uh, with shocking reasons, uh, the, the judge said in his decision that the opinions of, of the members of National Rebirth of Poland were merely a proof of their fascination with the theory of the preservation of separation in the rich mosaic of races, developed by Arthur Gobineau, the author of an essay on inequality of human races, whose main ideas were then adopted by Hitler and Nazism. Uh, if this very fact const constitutes, in the judge's opinion, an excuse for calls such as blacks go to Africa or Juderaus, we need to consider whether the judge himself is not by any chance fascinated by the mosaic of human races theory. Not long afterwards, one of Białystok prosecutors who received a notice of the crime committed by unknown perpetrators who painted swastika symbols on buildings in public spaces decided that the case needed to be dropped because of the swastika could be seen as a symbol of happiness and wealth in the Asian culture. It is possible that neo-Nazis who probably painted uh, those swastikas were themselves outraged by the fact that they were, with their paintings, propagating Asian culture, which as any other other culture they abhor. But the question arises again, was the prosecutor aware of the scale of the problem of racism in his own city? Did he know of the devastations of synagogues setting the flats of foreigners on fire or of neo-Nazi marches? Did his history teachers at school not tell him what the swastika after the Second World War means in our part of the world? 
is it, it is a shame that certain representatives of the system of justice in Poland uh, do not feel responsible enough to stop and think for a moment before referring to the theories of inequality of races or the role of the swastika in Asian culture. Unfortunately, more such decisions of prosecutors and court sentences have come down in Poland. A court in Opole dismissed charges against a law school graduate student accused of producing and distributing neo-Nazi leaflets and gadgets with the reasoning. The court proceedings against the student could harm his future legal career. A prosecutor in the city of Wrocław did not find it necessary to take action against illegal dissemination of the Polish edition of Mein Kampf uh, because he just accepted the publisher's explanation that he published the book for a scientific purpose. And one of my favorite examples, the poster stating and presented in public, um, we will expel Jews from Poland, was not considered by the prosecutor an incitement to hatred based on ethnic and national origin with an explanation. In order to find the slogan inciting to anti-Semitic hatred, it would have been necessary for it to be formulated in a different grammatical form, which means let's expel Jews from Poland. I would now like to present uh, in detail two cases concerning anti-Semitic hate speech and hate crimes uh, in which the Open Republic Association took legal actions. The first one is called Pietrasiewicz case from the last uh, name of the person it concerns. One of the main problems considered in the legal discourse on hate speech and hate crimes in Poland is the following question. Does one need to be a real Jew in order to be entitled to feel insulted by an anti-Semitic publication or statement? To foreigners the question may sound weird, why should it matter? But Poland is a country with almost non-existing Jewish community, so anti-Semitic incidents uh, which we encounter in Poland are mostly director, directed against people who are not Jewish, not in the sense of their ethnic, national or religious origin or identity. Who is then legally allowed to feel offended? The Open Republic Association takes an effort to introduce legal changes which will enable everyone, every citizen, to regard himself or herself a victim of anti-Semitism. We claim that an explicit provision should be added to the criminal code. It should establish a legal rule according to which hate speech and hate crimes can be committed against any person, including those who do not belong to a particular group protected in Polish law, which means, for example, Jewish people, Muslims, Roma people. It should be sufficient that the hateful act is caused by the perpetrator's belief that he or she is attacking a Jew or Roma, or that the perpetrator associates his or her victim with the group he or she hates. And let me illustrate the aim of this proposal with an example of this Pietrasiewicz case. Tomasz Pietrasiewicz is a director of the Grodzka Gate Cultural Center and a person deeply engaged in Polish-Jewish dialogue and commemoration of uh, Polish Jews who perished during this and after Second World War. For the last five years, he has been a target of numerous anti-Semitic attacks. With their culmination in 2010, when a brick painted in swastikas was thrown at night into his apartment. Questioned by the police, Pietrasiewicz stated, truthfully, that he was not Jewish. 
Consequently, the prosecutor did not act on the basis of hate crime provisions, treating the committed crime as an ordinary act of hooliganism. Hateful and anti-Semitic motivation of the perpetrator or perpetrators was not taken into account, as Mr. Petrashevich was not of Jewish origin, neither um, in an ethnic or religious sense. And many other European countries have introduced legal rules concerning the problem raised in this, uh, in this case. For example, in Germany, hateful motivation is being considered as an aggravating circumstance uh, of the crime, even if a victim does not in reality belong to the hatred group. And after intensive media campaign uh, and the Open Republic Association's intervention, a legal characterization of the crime committed against Mr. Petrashevich has changed and its anti-Semitic character has been noted by the prosecutor. Unfortunately, the proceeding was discontinued as no perpetrators were identified and, unfortunately, no systemic changes in the Polish legal uh, system uh, has taken place yet. And the second case which I would like to describe is for me personally extremely uh, heartful. Uh, it concerns a person whom I had an honor to meet and who is one of the symbols and leaders of the Solidarity Freedom Movement, which led to the establishment of free democratic Poland after years of rule of communism. This person is Adam Michnik, a leading Polish intellectual and editor-in-chief of the main newspaper in Poland. But before I come to the details of the legal case, uh, some explanations are needed, I, I believe. Uh, Adam Michnik is a Polish Jew who has never denied or kept in secret his Jewish origin. Because he's a public figure known to almost everyone in Poland, and because the newspaper he leads um, is a left liberal title, very often picking up a sensitive topic of Polish anti-Semitism, for the Polish far-right and ultra-Catholic circles, Michnik is an epitome and a symbol of a Jew. He has also been repeatedly a victim of anti-Semitic attacks, mostly verbal attacks. In March 2012, for the third time in the last couple of years, the grave of Adam Michnik, Michnik's parents, Helena Michnik and Olya Schechter, has been devastated. The Open Republic Association informed the prosecutor that the crime of devastation and desecration was accompanied by the crime of spreading anti-Semitic hatred, as the grave was sprayed with the swastika, uh, sorry, with the drawings of the Star of David hanging on the gallows. Open Republic claimed that the anti-Semitic and hateful character of this act left no doubts. Through their act, the perpetrators not only wanted to destroy and desecrate the grave, but their aim was also to express their uh, hatred towards Jews and to incite others to such hatred. The Star of David hanging on the gallows should also be seen as a manifestation of hatred and contempt towards Adam Michnik, but caused by his Jewish origin. The response uh, by the prosecutor's office proved a complete lack of understanding of the nature of hate crimes and the context of the, of the case. But what is for me as a lawyer perhaps even more troublesome is the completely wrong interpretation of legal provisions and inability of an analytical comparative analysis manifested by the prosecutor. In dropping the proceeding in the Michnik case, the prosecutor from a district court in Warsaw presented an absurd interpretation. 
In order to characterize an act of drawing of the Star of David hanging on the gallows as an act of anti-Semitic hatred, the act would need to demonstrate, and I quote, the superiority of Polish nation over another nation. <laughs> so for the prosecutor, the devastation and desecration was only an act of hooliganism, which what the prosecutor said um, deserves condemnation, but cannot be legally regarded as hate crime. I think that never before uh, have I read a more false um, legal analyze. Um, and I would just like to quote um, part of the position of the Ohio Republic Association um, regarding the prosecutor's decision on discontinuation of the proceeding. Um, the prosecutor's legal opinion, according to which there is no basis for invoking hate crime provisions because the drawings of a Star of David hanging on a gallows placed on a Jewish grave does not express the superiority of one nation over another, shows not only a complete lack of understanding of the nature of anti-Semitism in Poland, but it also constitutes a wrong interpretation of the Polish criminal code. It belongs to the body of common knowledge that for the Polish far-right nationalistic circles, the symbol of the Star of David is a direct synonym of Jew as a national, ethnic, and religious group. <coughs> Thus, the Star of David hanging on a gallows placed on a Jewish grave means nothing else but a Jew hanging on the gallows. It is hard to imagine a more explicit example of incitement to anti-Semitic hatred. The Prosecutor General decided that the Michnik case should be re-examined, which was a success. But as, as usual, the proceeding was discontinued again, uh, as no perpetrators uh, have been um, identified. But the last minute news just from yesterday says that the proceedings uh, uh, have been reopened again because some new evidence appeared. So we now hope that this time um, the perpetrators will be will be found and and punished. Um, it seems obvious that the reason of such insensitive and sometimes outrageous decisions by prosecutors and judges lies in the lack of awareness and knowledge, which in turn are shaped mostly by their social environment and education. As a result, legal provisions are being ignored or interpreted in a wrong manner, and consequently prosecutors and judges are able to avoid taking any action and dropping or discontinuing such cases. Uh, I would like to quote one of the most distinguished Polish uh, legal scholars and a former judge of the Polish Constitutional Court, Professor Ewa Latowska, who said, referring to hate speech and hate crime um, problem, it is not about changing the law, she said, but about changing the practice from a convenient one to inconvenient for the prosecutors and judges, or even more about making them realize things they pretend not to notice. The truth is simple and clear. Prosecutors and judges do not bother because it is more convenient not to act. And positive changes arrive slowly and the usual reaction is to deny and reject the accusations instead of taking an opportunity to improve the situation. Some time ago, BBC journalists prepared a TV material in which they showed to the British audience Polish football, anti-Semitism and racism in their extreme forms. And almost all Polish politicians from all parties and a large part of Polish society and media protested fiercely. 
We are not as bad as shown, the BBC insulted us, it's much worse in other countries. And it may all be true, but such a reaction is a sign uh, of inability to self-criticism and reflection, which is also typical for many Polish prosecutors and judges. As I said uh, at the beginning of my presentation, there are also numerous positive examples uh, of attitudes and actions um, opposing anti-Semitism and racism in Poland. And it happens more frequently, although not frequently enough, that responsible and reasonable judges and prosecutors openly call racism and anti-Semitism by their names. Thus, it is especially important to single out and praise those prosecutors and judges who are not hesitant or afraid to break the disgraceful pattern of discontinued proceedings and court acquittals, most typical for cases brought against soccer hooligans who revealed their anti-Semitic and racist attitudes at football arenas. We have waited for a very long time in Poland for a court judgment of the kind which was recently handed down by a district court in Warsaw. The court sentenced 17 soccer hooligans to, the com to, do, to do community service, to pay money contributions to the Union of Jewish Religious um, Communities in Poland, and surprisingly to watch Isabella Cewinska's movie, The Poor Miracle. A wise and sensitive judge decided that the words Juden auf den Gas, Jews to the Gas, are synonymous with uh, inciting to hatred against Jews. Uh, by the way, one may only wonder, uh, is it more terrifying or farcical that Polish football or soccer fans who call themselves true patriots chant such words in German, the language of those who, uh, during the Second World War, wanted to destroy their Polish motherland and their nation. Uh, the guilty sentence in this case itself was a success uh, of the system of justice, but ordering the accused to watch the movie, The Poor in Miracle, uh, was something unusual. The movie tells the story of an ordinary Polish worker, Jan Kochanowski, and it is really difficult to come up with a more pure Polish last name, uh, who lives an ordinary life in a flat in Łódź with his wife and son, an anti-Semitic soccer fan. When Kochanowski loses his job, he blames all his misfortunes on Western capitalists and Jews. He is in shock when one day he receives a phone call from an American lawyer telling him that he inherited an estate from his departed relative of whom he did not know. The only condition to get the estate is to convert to Judaism. Kochanowski learns at the same time that he was Jewish, that he is Jewish, and that his family name is Cohen. And then he receives another blow. His wife admits to her hidden Jewish ancestry. And the movie shows how the family members, including the son and aren't fan known for chanting anti-Semitic slogans during the matches, soccer matches, discover the Jewish tradition and faith and undergo a true transformation, which in the end has nothing to do with, uh, with money or inheritance. And the stupidity and harmfulness of anti-Semitic prejudice are mercilessly exposed in this movie, and everyone who watches it um, can understand this. Uh, of course, uh, it's doubtful that after watching Tsvinska's movie, the 17 football or soccer fans will undergo a kind of transformation which happened to the characters in The Poor Miracle. 
but perhaps just one of them will stop for a moment and think twice before he will continue to shout anti-Semitic slogans, or at least he will understand that with hateful, brutal words he hurts others, and these for sure are not his enemies, which means not the fans of the hostile soccer team. It seems that the court rulings, similar to the one which was issued in Warsaw, um, are the only reasonable and efficient solutions to the problem of penalizing hate speech. They belong to the category of retributive justice, which focuses on the ways and mechanisms of reversing the harm and damage done, also in the large social dimension, and on causing authentic change in the attitude of the perpetrator. It is more about teaching the perpetrator how to deal with the cause uh, of his anger or hatred than uh, about punishing him or her. In the Polish judicial record, this practice is still almost unrepresented, and one may only wish that such miracles of Purim uh, as the one which happened in Warsaw happen to us more often. Other positive and hopeful signals include, uh, in Poland include launching of the whole series of trainings and courses on hate speech and hate crimes for poli police officers, prosecutors and judges, judge, judges sorry, by the Polish Ombudsman and Prosecutor's General Office. Then uh, very decisive uh, statements by the new Minister of Interior, who publicly during a TV primetime interview declared a war against anti-Semites and racists, turning to them in a dirty hurry in Clint Eastwood manner, saying, be aware, we're going to get you. I hope they will. Um, there are also other important events taking place, maybe not from this legal sphere. There was an official Hanukkah celebration in the palace of the president with the president of Poland and his wife attending. Um, or there was uh, just recently the opening of the Europe's most modern impressive, really marvelous museum of the history of the Polish Jews in Warsaw, where many of the exhibitions present the problem of Polish anti-Semitism in a courageous way. And most importantly, as far as I know, uh, there's already a long list of Polish schools from all around the country, uh, which intend to organize museum visits for their students. I'm aware of the fact that Poland and Poles are perceived by many as indelibly marked with the sin of anti-Semitism. But as a Pole deeply engaged in fighting anti-Semitism, I claim that the Polish society is changing. It learns its history and its marking moments. It rediscovers and celebrates Jewish heritage in Poland. It is more human rights oriented. These changes are not rapid and spectacular, but already noticeable. Obviously, it does not constitute an excuse for poly, Polish police, uh, prosecutors, judges, and society as a whole not to take action every time anti-Semitism occurs. But my impression is that more and more Poles are aware of their responsibility to fight anti-Semitism. I hope that the years ahead will prove that I'm not wrong. Thank you. If anyone has any questions? Do a question section. I have a question. Yes, please. Okay, so I'm just thinking ahead. Do you think? Do you have any sense of the kind of education um, that you know young students get on the history of you know World War II and, and the anti-Semitic history in Poland? Do you think that that's gonna? Is there any you know anything taught now, and do you think that could help? 
I would say this is a crucial component of the fight against anti-Semitism, racism and other such negative phenomena. And it has just started, I would say, for the last five years. Such programs have been launched and introduced in Polish schools, in high schools mostly. Uh, but still there is a lot of to do. And there is a whole debate on uh, Polish um, history books um, used at schools. What should they include? What information should they present? And there is a this problem is being raised that uh, actually Polish anti-Semitism should be uh, should be included there because now Poles are presented um, almost in 100% only as victims of you know, Second World War and uh, and Nazis and there is nothing on the Polish responsibility for some crimes which happened. Uh, towards Jews during the Second World War, but it changes. Mm -hmm.